Welcome to Frontline Nursing, a podcast about frontline nurses in the COVID-19 era. Each month, we provide the tools nurses need to navigate the challenges they face during a pandemic. We will cover the state of the science, self-care, and other critical topics. My name is Dr. Reina Latorno, and I am your host. Our guest for this episode of Frontline Nursing is Paula Campbell. Paula Campbell is a certified emergency nurse. She has 30 years of nursing experience working in both academic medical centers and community hospitals throughout Southern New England. Paula has cared for pediatric and adult patients in many clinical areas throughout her career, including emergency departments, medical, surgical, and intensive care units, vascular interventional radiology, case management, and utilization review. She received her diploma from St. Joseph Hospital School of Nursing in 1991, then continued her education and received her baccalaureate degree from Rhode Island College in 2005. Paula, thank you for joining us for this episode of Frontline Nursing. Can you start by telling the audience a little bit about your current role in utilization review? Hi, Raina. Yes, thank you. It's an honor to be on your podcast today. Thank you for having me. So, My current role in utilization review is to review the patient's chart on new hospital admissions as well as ongoing hospital stays to justify their hospitalization in order for the hospital to be reimbursed properly by the payer. Knowledge of Medicare regulations as well as criteria called interqual and my years as a clinical nurse guide me to determine hospital level of care versus observation admission status for commercial payers such as Blue Cross, United Healthcare, Aetna, etc. It is vital that inpatient versus observation level of care is met so that payment is not denied. We also work with physician reviewers who give guidance as to why a patient should remain inpatient level of care, even though perhaps the insurer is denying the admission or wants to pay an observation rate versus an inpatient rate. And then if that payer still doesn't agree, that issue then goes on to the appeals department. So I think of my role Uh, as the business side of nursing. That's really interesting. And I'm sure a lot to learn and possibly very different than your previous experiences. One of your previous experiences was as an emergency department nurse, and you worked as an emergency room nurse until 2019. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your experiences as an emergency room nurse, please. Sure. So my total years in emergency nursing adds up to 11 years. I did transfer uh, to my current role in December of 2019, but I have worked in various areas as well, which helped me develop my skills and knowledge as a nurse. While I love ER nursing, it was time to make a change. I have experienced uh, many tragedies, uh, such as the Station Nightclub fire back in February, 2003 as well as the routine ER visits. But that horrific night is one that I will never forget. I had trouble dealing with what I experienced for many weeks. I had nightmares of the victims and felt angry 
we didn't have the briefing until weeks after the incident, as many nurses were experiencing what is now deemed PTSD. When we finally did have debriefing, I started to feel better about the care I gave that night. So shortly after that, I transferred to pediatrics for a year, then interventional radiology for eight years. What I have seen change over the years since I started in ER nursing is how violent society has become. When I first started out working the 3 to 11 shift, you could see trends. Traumas starting after the sun went down, such as stabbings and shootings. And then when I returned to the ER in 2015, after again working eight years in interventional radiology, the violence was occurring earlier on in the day. And now it is so typical to have these violent situations occurring in the morning, early afternoon of any day of the week. The other issue that we have seen is the mental health population is increasing. In addition to the everyday intoxicants, we now see an increase in the suicidal ideation, thoughts, attempts, as well as a large increase in violence against healthcare workers. I myself was a victim of physical violence from a patient. So in order to continue working, I needed to make a change for my own physical and mental health. That sounds so scary to be the victim in your own workplace where you're supposed to be feeling safe and you're going in to care for others and you're not safe at the same time. Sorry that's happened to you. And I guess it leads me to my next question or where I want to go with this conversation. Um, You know, you're talking about your situation that was happening in your previous experience, and that was before the pandemic. It sounds a lot about what's going on in currently. So let's talk about current situation in many hospitals and nurses are leaving the bedside for a lot of the reasons that you just told us you've experienced in your career. And nurses are taking roles that do not provide direct patient care, such as your role in utilization review, or or they're leaving nursing altogether. So Paula, you've been a nurse for, for many years and you are an expert. What does it mean for patient care if we don't have enough nurses at the bedside? Yes, it's It is sad and frightening that nurses will leave the bedside. I know I left the bedside, but I did stay for 28 years. I've I've been a nurse for 30. I celebrated my 30th year in May of this year. But what we're seeing are nurses moving on much sooner, leaving the bedside, that is. And, And part of that is the role in nursing has expanded to nurse practitioners, nurse anesthetists, and educators. And now that this is available, it is a job with much less physical demands and in some cases, better pay. A bedside nurse may have four to six patients to care for, depending on what area they work in. Um, And and for patients, they, they want immediate attention, which is valid, waiting for a bedpan or pain medication waiting to be seen in the ED and having to wait hours because all the rooms are filled. A nurse could receive two patients at once 
and having to decide who was seen first based on severity. And then, of course, one patient will not be happy not being seen immediately. So when they are seen, you are on the receiving end of the backlash, having to apologize for a situation that is out of your control. The other issue is not having supplies readily available. You open a drawer and there are no urinals or bedpans or gauze, band-aids, tape. Uh, You run to another room and it's the same situation because the supply clerk didn't stock the area. So now as a nurse, you are doing that job as well. Then management wants a fast turnaround time. So a patient leaves the room then the nurse has to clean it instead of housekeeping. You feel that you are doing everyone else's job except being a nurse. Then you have ambulance triage. In that area, there are many times when multiple rescues arrive and there are two nurses to arrive these patients. Uh, There's no room for the ambulance stretchers. There's a line out the door and now everyone is impatient. Now they're placing patients in the hallways, which have no privacy and to me, an absolute disgrace to be in the view of everyone, especially if it's an elderly patient. So the lack of resources must really impact the nurses, you know, and the lack of resources are most likely because our colleagues in other areas of the hospital and other support services are working short and they're not able to get those supplies stocked to be for the nurses to be able to get at their fingertips or help transport the patients or help clean the rooms. We're seeing shortages throughout the hospital settings. And I understand how you're saying longer wait times and unanswered call lights, delayed medication administration is all going to be impacted. And and I'd like you to talk to me a little bit about what that means for nurses. If nurses aren't able to provide the highest quality of care, or you, Paula, you've been a nurse for 30 years, and congratulations on that milestone. But if you've been spending 28 years providing direct patient care, And for some of that time, you felt like you weren't able to provide the highest quality of patient care because you didn't have the resources you needed. There's increased stress. There's overcrowding in the hospitals. How does that make you feel? Frustrated. Um, I, you know, I, I worry about nurses, mental health, especially now that we have been dealing with COVID-19. So much is expected of the nurse, yet the support and lack of respect and pay are not there. And it, w- it was leaving me very frustrated. The nursing in, in general is a demanding profession on many levels. We have to know so much in terms of patient care, technology, medications, working with others, and the workload is intense. Uh, patients are much more ill than before. Patients demand a lot, as well as families. And when a nurse cannot give that care that is due because of a shortage of nurses, ancillary personnel, whatnot, this all snowballs into a perfect storm for nurse burnout. 
there have been many times where I wanted to leave the profession because of the physical demands and the perfection that managers want you to deliver. But if you don't have the tools or the manpower, how can one deliver high quality care? It's a situation that one grapples with and finding another outlet is probably an avenue one should think to take. The nice thing about nursing is we have many different areas that we can go into to try a different arena for a few years or a year. It, it doesn't hurt to, again, get out of a situation that is not making you feel good about your job. And it sounds like that's what nurses are feeling now. It's not a new problem. It's been going on for many years, but they are feeling like they are reaching burnout. They're exhausted. They're mentally and physically tired, and they can't keep doing this job anymore. And you thank you for giving them permission to look for it, look for another outlet, look for where their skills can be utilized and their expertise can be utilized in a setting that would still keep them safe and be healthy for the, for themselves mentally and physically. And My goodness, our conversation has really identified some major problems in the healthcare industry and major problems for the nursing workforce. And and we have some work to do to, to correct this. So what do you think, Paula? What do you think would be some solutions or strategies that could help nurses who may be listening? So what would you say to a nurse who told you that they were experiencing burnout and considering quitting their job? So I would say, again, think about an alternative position, either within the hospital they are at, or at perhaps another hospital. It's okay to make changes. Also, learn to find a healthy outlet on your day off. One day I took a paddleboard lesson, you know, and it was so much fun. The advantage with nursing, again, is that there are different areas to choose from. I myself like learning new roles. So for me, making a change is fun. If a nurse wants to leave the profession entirely, I understand that as well. Because if if you are not fulfilling your obligation at the bedside, then morally, you are not doing your part. And I have seen that plenty of times as well. Would you think that there's opportunity for nurses to leave the bedside and go into more roles that don't include direct patient care, such as case management and utilization review? Is there a big need in those departments or those areas that you're currently working in? I definitely see the need in case management. I feel case management is more demanding than utilization review. I have done case management as well. Again, it's the workload that is placed on the case manager. You have discharges to deal with, setting up services, working with patients and families. It's a stressful situation for both parties. And they're looking to the case manager to help alleviate their stress and the discharge plan. But again, I 
definitely see plenty of opportunities in the case manager role. While it is sad to me to see nurses leave the bedside, I can understand their reasons why they need to do so. And again, perhaps they just need a break for a bit in, and do a non-clinical setting. And then they realize, gee, I, I do miss being at the bedside and returning to that role. Again, that's to me perfectly fine and, and healthy. I agree. And I think that's our goal is to, to really try and strive to keep our nursing workforce healthy. You are describing such demands on all of the different roles within nursing. I want you to think back then with all that you know now, after being a nurse for 30 years, what's something that you know now that you wish that you knew when you were a new nurse 30 years ago? I would say having life experiences and entering the profession, perhaps an older age, mid-20s, 30s, I think that helps because you're more mature and Again, you have a different perspective on life and situations that may arise in your job. I entered nursing school right after high school. And while I was mature enough to handle the program, by 21, I was already working full-time as a professional nurse with a lot of responsibility. For me, working at other hospitals before my current employer also gave me perspective as to how hospitals operate. So I don't see myself as only knowing my current employer, but it does open your eyes to know there are more progressive nursing departments out there. I think that's good advice for new nurses to hear, to really know what is the career landscape look like? Mm -hmm. What are your options? What are other institutions look like? So that's a valuable piece of advice. Thanks for sharing that. And as we're talking about new nurses, I wonder now, you know, when you're reflecting and saying, what do you wish you knew? What do you wish that 21-year-old brand new nurse knew? Go back a little bit further. And if you were recommending nurse, think about like a graduating high school student or somebody who is in high school wondering, is nursing school for me? Do I want, is that the career path I would want to do? Would you recommend nursing as a career path for a student in high school? Raina, I would never discourage someone from entering nursing. Again, it is an honest profession. You will always have a job and what we do are good things for people. We are a trusted profession. Society trusts and likes nurses. We have so much to give and we need smart, dedicated, caring people at the bedside. But at the same time, I believe a younger person needs to know that caring for people can be daunting and there are professions that pay better and more career options have opened up for women. But with that being said, it is also a breath of fresh air to have men in nursing as well. That can give us a whole nother conversation to talk about how we can increase diversity in, in nursing. Thanks for bringing that point up too. Now, we've identified through our conversation many problems. Do you think that the problems that we've been identifying in this conversation, such as burnout, physical demand of the job, and the increased stress that goes along with shift work, 
all of those things, do you think that these problems will ever be solved? I <laughs> like to remain hopeful and, and say, I, I hope so. I think with everything, nothing will ever be solved. However, there are no easy answers to this issue. But as nurses, we are the crux of healthcare. And we are still looking, again, for the respect and better pay from our employers. If I think if we had stronger political support at the national level, we would definitely make strides in terms of pay, respect, workload. Again, we need nurses at the bedside. Having been a patient myself, it is comforting to have a knowledgeable, experienced nurse caring for you or your loved one. But if the nursing shortage continues, I worry how the care will be administered. It's a proven fact that nurses save lives and maybe this pandemic will bring about a change to our roles, the silver lining as they call it. As we certainly have been on the news each day for over a year, um, again, seeing nurses and the work that we do perhaps will, again, this will maybe be a movement for our profession. You know, you bring up some really, really good points right here, Paula, about nurses needing to be recognized for the value that they bring to the healthcare system. And, and the question can be, how are nurses recognized? And I think you really gave us some fantastic strategies about that. We can start with fair pay rates, increasing salaries, and recognizing the value that they're bringing to healthcare. We could talk about safe staffing and the impact that staffing levels has on patient care and, and different ways to be able to value what nurses bring to the healthcare industry, to healthcare systems, and to patient care. So thank you so much for having this conversation, especially those valuable pieces. I'm very grateful for you to bring those up and discuss that and bring that out into the open. Are there any final remarks that you would like to share with our audience? Again, it's an honorable profession, but you do need to be physically and mentally strong to do this type of work. It's not to be taken lightly. Caring for patients is a big responsibility. And again, it's okay to leave one area of nursing if it's not working for you to try another specialty. I know plenty of nurses who have done this, including myself, but make sure, again, this is really what a person wants to do. Talk with other nurses, shadow them, explore your options. I had a coworker whose daughter was thinking of nursing and she shadowed me one day in the ED. She ended up going to physician assistant school. Thank you for giving her that opportunity to be able to see what it's like in the day of a nurse. And I think that might be another strategy that we can utilize is really getting people to understand what it is that nurses do and how important nurses are. So again, Paula, I thank you for being our guest today. And I thank you for your 30 years of service to the nursing profession. I have no doubt that you've made an impact on numerous patients' lives. And, and for that, I thank you. Thank you, Raina.
I appreciate those kind words. That makes me feel good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Frontline Nursing. This podcast is made possible thanks to generous funding by Florida philanthropists, Mr. David Kotak and Ms. Christine Slesinger. If you liked this episode, please check out our educational series, Frontline Nursing During COVID-19, A New Paradigm, presented by the University of South Florida College of Nursing. The Frontline Nursing Program is designed to give frontline nurses the tools they need to advocate for their safety and well-being during the COVID-19 pandemic. Nurses may receive four CEUs at no cost, thanks to funding from our generous donors. For more information, email us at frontlinenursing at usf.edu. This is the podcast that frontline nurses need.